This OPI podcast was recorded at an earlier date. Some material may be outdated and or mentioned under different circumstances. Consult your local health authorities for the latest on COVID-19. The Minutia Men Celebrity Interview is up next. But first, take a listen to this other fine OPI show. I'm Howard Sudbury. And I'm Steve Baskerville. On Back to You, Steve is worried about something he's been doing lately. Tell us about that. (laughs) What in the hell is that funny? Absolutely nothing. On Back to You. Back to You with Howard Sudbury and Steve Baskerville. You can find Back to You on Spotify, opishows.com, or wherever you find podcasts. Just search for Radio Misfits. The following is a Tony Lasano podcast. An Opie show on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. This is the Minutia Man Celebrity Interview with Rick and Dave. All right, Dave, we're lucky to have a, a legendary, an award-winning Chicago journalist on the show this week. He's the editor-in-chief, co-founder of Block Club Chicago, which is a great digital news site that uh, super serves Chicago. Please welcome to the show, Seamus Toomey. How are you, Seamus? Uh, I am great. Thank you for having me. I'm uh, yeah, yeah, I'm not sure about legendary, but uh, it says it right on. here. It says it right here. So I have to I have to go with it. So Seamus, Seamus Toomey, we were talking off the air before we started here that uh, it's hard to say your name without going into hello. It's a Seamus Toomey. How are you? You know what I mean? It's, yep. No, I, I, I'm with you. And yeah. um, I, uh, you know, growing up with it, uh, no one had really ever heard that name before. <laughs> um, but now, like, it would only be uh, people's dogs were named Seamus. <laughs> and uh, I had a ton of people saying, oh, my dog was Seamus. Uh, even Pink Floyd has a song with the dog named Seamus in it. But um, but now there's uh, little Seamuses running out all over the place. Yes, so, now there uh, are for sure. Um, we, we'll get to a Block Club sh- Chicago in just a second here and some of the stories that your organization has broken. But let's uh, talk a little bit first about how your site began in the first place because it emerged from the ashes of DNA Info, which was owned by Ricketts family patriarch Joe Ricketts, correct? That is correct. And the Cubs are losing their opening day game right now, so it's official. We can start talking about him again. Um, hey, Seamus, did, <laughs> did Joe send you any uh, uh, discriminatory emails <laughs> by any chance when you were working with him? No, thankfully, yeah. uh, I did a uh, – when the story came out, I did a quick uh, uh, a search for my name in there, and I did not see anything. But, well, that's good. Uh, no, that's good. I, I, would, I had nothing to, uh, nothing to give on that front. So but one day he just, he just blew up the place, metaphorically. I mean, he just came in and said, that's it, we're done, right? Right. I mean, there were a lot of factors going into it. We, you know, we'd been around in Chicago for five years, and uh, New York site had been open for seven years, and uh, it was a uh, it was an ad based site. You know, we were trying to uh, piece together enough. You know, those banner ads that are like point zero 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 five cents per click. Uh, right. It's really hard to uh, make a living that way with, uh, especially with Google sucking up most of it. So, yes. Yeah, so it was not a uh, it was not a uh, profitable company. <laughs> I see. So I mean, because um, so. I, I thought that it had something to do with a union. Uh, you guys were starting to unionize or something like that, and then he just said, "Nope, that's it." Well, yes, that was the uh, another okay. part of the story. The uh, the 
the New York uh, office, uh, they had, right before we uh, went, went down in flames, uh, uh, he had bought uh, Gothamist, Gothamist and LAist and, uh, you know, the, all the ists, Chicagoists. Um, and the New York uh, office of Gothamist and uh, DNA Info had all voted to unionize and um yes it didn't we didn't last much longer after that <laughs> um you know his argument was uh you know you're uh, you're you you're unionizing a, a prop you know there, there aren't any profits to share with the, the workers essentially but uh, i it, it's uh yes it was a it was a sad day uh, it just ended very abruptly i think it was about five o'clock um on november 2nd 2017 but who's counting um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> at 5 42 <laughs> but didn't they didn't he also uh take all the archives with him or did that eventually get resolved because I, I just remember it was it was kind of ugly when it all went down yeah, it was very ugly it was uh, it was it was, it was it was very uh, abrupt, and uh, the archive thing was a little bit more nuanced than um, than the the way the story was. Basically, what happened was every single page of DNA info got a huge banner over it saying, you know, we are now closed. Um, so uh. you couldn't really read any of the stories because that uh, that banner was you know blasted all over it. All the stories were still there. Um, and eventually, uh, uh, eventually they all became publicly available again. And um, uh, side note to that story is uh, Block Club eventually got the rights to all of those archives. So now uh, we host all of those. They're all um, available uh, for you know in perpetuity or as long as I pay the $183 <laughs> a month bill. Okay. All right. Well, yeah, see, well, thank you for clearing all that up. Yeah, and don't have Rick be the guy who's in charge of paying that hundred and eighty-two dollars <laughs> per month because he's going to forget, and then you're screwed. So keep Rick I, out I, of that. All right. Yes, it's literally like a GoDaddy account that I've got to remember to uh, to, to to re up uh, for the rest of my life for the DNA info. But uh, but yeah, it was a you know it was a terrible day. A lot of uh, journalists, uh, both uh, all around the country, really. Um, but uh, Chicago and in New York were where the DNA info folks were were out of work um, just like that. So um, uh, yeah. it was tough, but we you know you know we all went out for a couple straight nights um, <laughs> and when the <laughs> smoke kind of cleared a little bit, we hatched a plan to to uh, round up as many of the folks as possible and restart it um, in in a different form that was going to be run by journalists for journalists and and that's how block club started you know i there's there's a, just an absolutely great video on your site promoting block club and it really does i think typify the sensibility behind this it's your reporters are assigned neighborhoods they're like beat cops right and they they live in the neighborhoods and they report what's happening am i oversimplifying or is that pretty much the the business model here as far as the journalist part, journalistic part absolutely and that's uh that's part of our of our secret sauce really i mean we we divide up the city by neighborhoods and each reporter is responsible for their uh, selection of neighborhoods and so um we don't have a transportation reporter or a science reporter or a uh, cops reporter everyone or schools reporter each reporter has to do all of those jobs within their beat. So they're they're the experts. If a neighbor wants to call someone with a tip, they know exactly who to go to because it's it's that person, you know, the, the person that they've been reading on a daily basis. 
Uh, the news, you know, my neighbor, yeah, go ahead, go ahead. My, my neighbor uh, isn't using the proper recycling bin. Can I get the reporter here? Can we narc on him? Can we get him on the? Can, can we get this on the next story, please? Yeah, you know, absolutely. We uh, we're, we're very good at solving very uh, sometimes very small problems. <laughs> um, well, that's a pretty small one. Yeah, we always one of our favorite stories. We laugh about it, but our, one of the reporters at DNA Info. Um, wrote a story about like a particular crack in the sidewalk in wicker park that people were tripping over and we, we just, to this day we laugh about god you know that was you know one of the smallest potato stories we've ever written but it was our example of you know no story is too small because it's important to somebody and um and we had you know took pictures of people pointing at the crack and we still make fun of those pictures too but you know that crack got fixed within a couple of days that's awesome <laughs> Uh, you know, the newspapers in Chicago are kind of in trouble. Sometimes where you used to work is is a shell of its former self. It's like the length and size of a supermarket coupon flyer right now. The The Tribune is hemorrhaging staff every day. And I don't think... I don't think the layperson in Chicago really understands what is happening here and, and how important what you guys are doing is. I mean, we may have more news options than ever before, at least it seems that way, but we have fewer and fewer actual news gatherers on the street putting in the time to get the real stories. And I think that's one of the reasons why Block Club Chicago is such a, an essential resource. Do you look at yourselves that way, too? We do, and that's what we've really tried to do is just fill in a lot of those gaps that unfortunately are are are, are happening because uh, the the papers are losing more and more reporters. Um, you know they they uh, I've got uh, friends. Uh, you know we're I was at the Sun Times for about ten years or so, and uh, every once in a while on Facebook a a picture of our staff photo would would pop up and there's you know 300 of us out there in front yeah. of the old building on Wabash and you know you can't even recognize anyone um, because you know there's so, there's so many people in there and I'd hate to see what that current staff photo would look like right. but they um, but they still they they do a great job and they're still covering so much of the city but but there's just not as much as, as they could in the past. And, and one of the things that, that gets lost um, a lot, um, and not just the Sun-Times, but you know, papers all over the country, is just some of this local reporting where you can afford to send a reporter to a neighborhood meeting and hoping to find a story. You know, now you really you can't really go to meetings on spec at places like that and hope you're going to find something um, newsworthy. But when you cover just small neighborhoods and you know you're only responsible for Wicker Park and Bucktown, you can go to some of these meetings and you know you can you can find stories that matter to at least your immediate neighborhood. And and that's something that's really missing from uh, from more legacy media. The stuff that's you know that maybe seem too small, you know maybe not interested interesting in Naperville, but it you know it, it sure as hell is interesting in Wicker Park for people that live nearby. Well, and you guys have broken some big stories too. Uh, Kelly Bauer didn't she? She just wrote um, didn't you just a big story about Loretta Hospital, right? Tell us a little bit about that. And aren't the Trumps involved in this somehow? Right, Kelly Bauer has been the uh, she's been the the you know the leading force. She broke the story about Loretto Hospital doing vaccinations uh, at Trump Tower, um, as well as at a 
in a River North or Gold Coast Steakhouse and a high-end watch shop. Um, the the doctor uh, at the center of this, he's uh, he's a doctor there, but he's also their chief operating officer, or at least he was. Uh, he lives at Trump Tower, and um, you know they had said, well, we were mistaken. We didn't realize a lot of these people there that we vaccinated were not eligible. But the uh, you know the, the the big part of the story is that this these were vaccine doses that were meant for West Side residents in the Austin neighborhood, yeah. and they were you know being truck downtown to uh, vaccinate ineligible people and that was that was the thing that really resonated and um, Kelly Bauer has just been working that story doggedly for the last three weeks or so and um, the doctor at the center of it he has since resigned and you know the uh, they've been forced to answer questions and the mayor has been forced to answer questions and comment on it you know for three straight weeks so it's been uh, it's been you know the biggest story in town for the last couple of weeks yeah it's a great job by kelly and you know that the other big story that i remember and i'm sure that you have to talk about this every time you talk to anybody was that chicago gator story right your readers named him chance the snapper if i'm uh, if my memory serves correctly and that guy uh, from florida who caught him uh became a minor celebrity here for a while that was kind of a alligator bob right was it alligator bob was wasn't it bob? That yeah that sounds right that that must have been a fun story to cover that was uh, absolutely that's going to be the story i'll be uh, talking about for years because <laughs> for one um you know it was just it was the sort of story that everyone could could you know could uh, appreciate and, and like and no one was getting hurt right um, you know there was no there was no, no sadness it was just sort of no know, way to politicize it you know? right exactly and it was you know we it, it came in it was about as organic of a story as possible um someone emailed our newsroom and said hey i'm a subscriber uh, I think I just saw an alligator or a crocodile uh, in the Humboldt Park Lagoon. And, you know, we, we, we do this a lot. And, uh, you know, the first thought was like, oh, God, I sure hope it is. Let's go chase it. <laughs> you know, we didn't, we didn't want to blow it off because, like, if that was a, a true story, what a, what a scoop it would be. So our reporter got out there and uh, found someone who had taken a picture of it and got the basically the park district to say yes people have been reporting it and uh <laughs> and, and, and off we went um the, it was know, a national story it was, it was a, a na- huge thing and we would hear from people in florida be like uh i can't believe you guys in chicago are freaking out over an alligator right yeah, <laughs> but, yeah it's, but, it's but, like right. it's like the way we react when the south shuts down over a snowstorm yeah, right. An inch and a half of snow. Right, exactly. right. Oh, you yeah. can't. All the roads are impassable. Oh. <laughs> oh, it was it was it was fantastic, and uh, w- there were some really good photos of it taken. Uh, you know, people were trying to tell us like, no, that's just a log. And then a photographer who was there shooting a, uh, I believe it was like a Sweet Sixteen photo shoot, <laughs> got this alligator in the background, and you know, from the looks of the first picture, it looked like it might have been like twenty feet long, and you know. You know something like chud you know going through the <laughs> you know going through the sewers and you know eating all the rats and um and then when they finally pulled this thing out it was about five feet long right. <laughs> it looked like a baby alligator we all kind of thought it was like, cute it was a it cute was, little gator it was cute <laughs> and uh, one did of someone the, uh, put it in did, did someone did you ever find out the origin of chance no i mean how did he get there you know that's one of the great Chicago stories still sitting out there, waiting for someone to uh, 
break. Uh, we don't know who who put the alligator in. Uh, everyone uh, suspects, including the the, the folks that uh, that caught it, that said this was a pet alligator um, that had been in based on some discoloration in his eyes and the fact that his snout was upturned had been in a in a container and probably in somebody's uh, basement uh, and had grown a little too big for his container and was starting to you know had nowhere else to go so that that's the suspicion is this was a uh, uh, this was a pet an illegal pet that someone just uh, dumped in the lagoon hoping to uh, get rid of it (laughs) yeah Um, Um, yeah, we're told by local i'm sorry go on I'm sorry. I was going to say one funny story about that was like so we had we had broke that story and we just kept pounding away at it for a couple of days and um, uh, Stephanie Lule, one of the co-founders of Block Club, said we should make T-shirts for this and we're like, oh god, what a great idea! So we got a local artist, Ryan Duggan. He drew up a design in about an hour. We just mocked it up on a T-shirt and started selling them like long before we even had them in hand, and we ended up selling. Uh, hundred thousand dollars worth of uh, gator watch wow 19, 19 t-shirts <laughs> you know that didn't even exist you know we had to like find a printer and, and, and print them in the next week and start shipping them out and you know it's uh we are a, a strong newsroom but uh logistically trying to figure out how to ship four thousand t-shirts was uh was, was a unique uh undertaking but it was a was a hundred thousand dollar shot in the arm for a non-profit newsroom wow we dave just got a little good. tingly i think dave is like a mr gorilla marketer and uh am i right dave are you a little tingly I am a little tingly. I just, yeah, I love, I love a good e-commerce story. Good for you, kids. <laughs> uh, you know, we're. Uh, I'm told by local television hack Dane Placco that you are a connoisseur of local beers, uh, and I like how you stick to your hyper local brand, even when it comes to booze. Seamus, tell us some of your favorite <laughs> local brews. And Rick has volunteered to. Uh, uh, free of charge, Rick. Right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. You are going to research research all that you are going to uh, all the brews that you're going to talk about for your next feature story. So, so for our tourists, we have uh, listeners all over the world here. If you're coming to Chicago, what are some of the local brews that they should savor? Wow, this is this is great, and I, I will have to say, uh, Dane has accompanied me on many of these. Yes, these I'm trips. sure he <laughs> has. <laughs> he is not blameless at all. Oh, yeah. Um, right. All right. Well, I'm going to I'm going to start at the top. It's it's, it's my local place. It's about a mile away from me. Um, I've, I've spent a, a couple days there. Um, it's called uh, Temperance Brewery, Temperance Beer Company. It's in Evanston, uh, and it is just it's it's fantastic. Everyone who works there is just uh, friendly, and they make uh, very good beer. And they've survived throughout the pandemic by. Uh, they've not re- they've not opened their doors, but they opened up their their huge parking lot as a tailgating parking lot. <laughs> oh, nice! Fire pits and uh, mm. and uh, they've got a table set up, and uh, we've been there, um, you know, through a lot of the winter, you know, standing, you know, ten feet away from each other around a fire. So uh, that's a great place. I encourage everyone to check that one out. Okay. Um, uh, well, let's see. Um, the one. The, the one I don't—they don't actually have a tap room, but I, if I see it in the store, I'll get it. Is uh, is Hot Butcher? 
um, it's a hot butcher for the world. I think it's the real name for it, but they, uh, they come out with, uh, they do the, the really hazy IPAs that, you know, you can float a bottle cap in and, you know, the for beer aficionados, they, you know, turn their nose up on it, but they're the ones with, you know, four pounds of hops per every beer. And, right. uh, those, <laughs> I'm, I'm a sucker for those. Dane makes fun of me for, uh, for those ones. Um, cause I say, I'm going to give those up every couple weeks because they're, I, I don't think they're good for you. <laughs> what? Wait a minute. <laughs> the beer is not good for you, Dave. You've never told me this. News on the march. <laughs> uh, so, Seamus, did you hear? Did you hear Dane's latest Colorado story, Denver story? He, he must I, that he stumbled upon some brewer or some local brewery that everybody loves and he bought like six hundred dollars worth of beer and had it shipped back to chicago am i getting this story right do you know what i'm talking about yes uh and uh uh, i don't want to say too much because i'm 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 angling for a couple bottles (laughs) (laughs) he he claims he's got two waiting for me in his garage so uh, yes uh this was uh for beer fans out there this is sort of the holy grail of west coast beers it's called uh pliny the elder (laughs) oh yes uh, i've heard of that yeah, it's like one of those beers, uh, you know, you would need Smokey and the Bandit to bring it uh, here because it doesn't yeah. come like west of the Rockies um, or east of the Rockies. So uh, I think I've had it once, um, but Dane found it in, in Colorado and, and apparently bought the store out. Um, I didn't yeah. know he had it shipped. I assumed he uh, I, I figured he like put it in his suitcase. So it's good to hear that he did it legally. at least. Oh, yeah, I guess his brother was in Vail or something and made him like drive three hours out of his way to pick up the beer because Dane is Dane is too cheap to ship you know seven crates of beer so he made his brother I think ship or drive it back to Chicago but Dane you know when I he was telling me when Dane was telling me the story I've never heard this such passion in his voice before you know no story about his kids or anything this was the most excited I've ever heard Dane talk Right, and we can I can hear it in your voice a little bit too, Seamus. I I can see how the two of you uh, have managed to hit it off so well over the years, because uh, there, there's definitely a common uh, bond there, isn't there? Yeah, there absolutely is, and and and, and he has one of the best voices in in, uh, in media. It just you know he sounds, you know he's he's got the perfect anchorman voice. So mm-hmm. him telling this Pliny the Elder story is you know <laughs> is even better because it's like having Bill Curtis you know tell you about the the, the, the beer he found. It's wonderful. Well, we have known him since he was you know nineteen or twenty years old, and when when he was nineteen or twenty. Uh, when I first met him, he was the it same was, guy. It was like, he was the hello, same guy. Dane Pleco, pleased to meet you. How are you? And, I mean, he he just sounded exactly like that. He has always been that guy. Yeah, uh, he was he's, he was born fifty five. Yeah. I think. Yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> Hold that thought. We have to take a break. Minutia Men Celebrity Interview will be right back. I'm Sam. I'm Kimmy. And it's Tommy. On Ant Friends, Kimmy tells us how she orgasms. And how we don't. Yeah, since like 10 to 15% of women like never climax under any circumstances. Listen to Ant Friends on Spotify. Opishows.com. Or wherever you find podcasts. Just search for Radio Misfits. I'm Rick Kemper. And I'm Dave Stern. And I'm Minutia Men. We talk about Donald Trump's sanctions. Losing a finger. A German bank robber. X-rays coming out of Uranus. 
Yes. And many more things. Unlimited tangents on Minutia Men, on Spotify, opishows.com, or wherever you find podcasts, just search for Radio Misfits. On this episode of Stick to Everything with Larry Hawley and Paul M. Banks, we talk about the origins of our podcast and how they actually began before the COVID-19 pandemic, and we mean just before. We also reflect on how the world completely turned on its axis over the course of the few months since we recorded that pilot. And it has affected all of us a lot. Listen to Stick to Everything on Spotify, opishows.com, or wherever you get your podcasts, just search for Radio Misfits. Minutia Men Celebrity Interview is back. All right, so so before we let you go, uh, we've got to do a subscription pitch because I uh, recently started getting your newsletter, which is fantastic. People can sign up for that for free. But you guys survive on small donors and uh, and money from, uh, you know, regular old Chicagoans. Tell people how they can help you guys. Yes, thank you. Um, yeah, we're, we're a nonprofit. We... Um uh, all seventy percent of our budget comes from uh, from subscriptions and from people that uh, you know give us uh, twenty five fifty bucks online. Um, uh, we can't do it all with alligator t shirts. Um, yeah. <laughs> you know, you know, we, we we can't throw an alligator in the water every year. No. <laughs> just, just kidding. Just kidding. Um, we just broke the story, Rick. We just broke the. <laughs> Um, so yeah, what we uh, we charge uh, fifty nine bucks a year it gets you uh, unlimited access to all of our stories as well as our neighborhood specific newsletters. So if you if you live in Wicker Park or if you live in Hyde Park and you, you only want to get stories uh, specific to you, you can get those. Um, a lot of our stuff is free. We don't charge for our coronavirus coverage or breaking news or, or a lot of the stuff. But um, to get the whole gamut, it's uh, fifty nine bucks a month um you can go to blockclubchicago.org to uh to subscribe uh, we've got about sixteen thousand people right now um have have signed up for subscriptions and we, wow. we love every single one of them and and uh, we're just trying to you know we're just trying to build this up and you know get a subscri- subscription base that can really support a whole team of um, you know even a bigger team of reporters we can cover the entire city and and do the um, the craft beer coverage that Chicago deserves <laughs> <laughs> and you're starting up right. a podcast now too right i saw that in uh, feeder's column today that's right. Yep, we're uh, our, our good friend uh, John Hansen is uh, is is helping us yeah. uh, start a podcast. We're we know we do a lot of you know we, we cover all news in the city. Um, you know, good, bad, ugly, everything. Um, but you know, some of the stories that we really like are the are, are the good news stories, the ones where people helping people. So uh, so what John's going to do is John's going to focus on on the, the some of the positive stories that we do you know the fun people that we come across um and later this month uh, it's going to come out uh, we're calling it it's all good a block club podcast and it's going to be like 15 20 minutes uh with a couple stories featured we're going to have the reporters who worked on it as well as the, the subjects themselves talking and uh just trying to spread some some good vibes in chicago because there there's so many great stories out there and good people and uh, we just want to we want to amplify those a little bit more than we do already well you know god bless you guys really uh we're big fans of what you're doing um and we wish you the best and and thanks a lot for coming on the show and talking about it today yeah, thanks, oh Shane. absolutely yeah well thank you yeah thank you for uh for for letting me talk it's you know it, we're really proud of it uh 
like you said at the beginning, it was uh, it was we were sort of uh, le- left for dead when, it, when DNA info closed. But uh, we you know we picked up uh, all the spare parts and pieces and built it back. And uh, I don't know, I I kind of think we're better than we were when we when we stopped. So I, I hope others do as well. Well, hopefully one day we can we can tip a pint. Uh, I have a funny feeling that we might be able to. <laughs> I look forward to it. Hey, Dane's got a Dane's got a bunch of beer in his garage. We don't have to invite Dane. Yeah, don't, <laughs> yeah. we don't have to invite Dane. We can cut Dane right out of the deal. Believe me. Thanks, Seamus. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me on. All right, bye, bye, all right, buddy. Well, that's it for this week's edition of the Minutia Men Celebrity Interview. Special thanks to Executive Producer Tony Lasano with OpiShows.com. Opie is hippo backwards. O p p i h shows.com. Distributed by Ed Silla from the Radio Misfits. Great talk radio isn't dead. It just moved to a better place. Radiomisfits.com. And we'll be back again next week with another edition of the Minutia Men Celebrity Interview. This OPI podcast was recorded at an earlier date. Some material may be outdated and or mentioned under different circumstances. Consult your local health authorities for the latest on COVID-19. The proceeding was a presentation of OPI Productions. Find our other great shows wherever you find podcasts including opishows.com. Thank you. This has been a presentation of Opie Productions. Tony, can you shut up? Coming up on the next episode of the Car Guys Report, Informed Automotive, we talk about the subscription trend with new cars, plus a rad 1977 AMC Hornet. I'm Mark Vernon. Join me and Luke Costable for this story and more on the Car Guys Report, a Tony Lasano podcast, an Opie production, on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. I'm Rick Kemper. I'm Adam Howard. And we're the co-hosts of Free Kicks, which is a show about international and particularly English Premier League soccer. On an all-new Free Kicks. We're going to talk about the Champions League, who won, who didn't, and what can come next week. Plus my favorite feature, guess the Premier League star. Listen to Free Kicks on Spotify, opishows.com, or wherever you find podcasts, just search for Radio Misfits. And because it's football, try to do it without using your hands. The Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Reconcile the Isle. Welcome to Season 2 of Reconcile the Isle. In Season 1, my characters and I had in-depth interviews with social justice warrior icon types. This season, we're going to be focusing on the degenerate media. We'll be speaking to people who've worked with Netflix, The New Yorker, Comedy Central about how they create comedy and if comedy has the power to change minds and hearts. There'll also be a smattering of people from journalism and academia who are working to create media to affect change. We're also going to include a special segment called Mailbag where I'm going to take questions from the audience and use what we've learned here so far on the podcast to attempt to give you an answer. Uh, Not as an expert, but as a friend. Also chiming in, of course, will be my characters such as Melania Trump. I still DB best of DB best. Grandma Carmela Ravoli. I'm always happy to join the podcast if I have a martini first. And Judy, the manager of the Park Slope Food Co-op. Welcome to the Anti-Oppression Podcast episode. I'll see you in two weeks. The Radio Misfits Podcast Network.